Woo, the Golden Stallion, the man of tomorrow, Savzu, the rated R radio star here. Baby, we're going to talk some Star Wars, and I love doing this every month, not only because I love me some Star Wars, and I do, no matter what the hell's going on in the news, and we're sure as hell going to talk about a lot about it, but because I get to hang out with one of my best friends in the world, that being Rob. <laughs> Rob, welcome to the show, man. Snuggle bomb, woogie woogie. Hell yes, man. So... Robin, we've got a hell of a start. I mean, things have been nuts since yeah. really since Solo came out, since Solo Star, Star Wars Story uh, came out, which that we're going to be opening up talking about that. Um, but you know, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna open up with this. I want to ask you this quick. I mean, how how are you feeling this month, Star Wars wise? Like like I, you know, picture this like going into a hospital, like triage, right? You know, and they're saying, okay, you know, your face, tell us the number of what you're, of how you're feeling, or they have you point at the face of like, is it a full grimace? Are you like writhing in pain? You know, is it one to 10? Like, like 10 being the worst pain possible over Star Wars, one being you're happy as hell. Where, where do you put yourself right now? Um, well, in terms of the franchise itself, I mean, you know, like I'm oh, two, you know, <laughs> it's not that big of a deal. Like you're sure. talking about walking into the the emergency room though, and it seems like everybody else is running around. Ah! You know, <laughs> like, like you know, the people people are coming in with with scrapes and bruises and claiming that they're dying. Yeah, right, right. Yeah, everybody seems like they've they're they're at a ten right now. Yeah, like, I mean yeah. that's the way that it feels on the internet. I agree. Right, uh, right, yeah. and and that and that is infectious to a certain degree, and like. You know, if it, like now, if we were going to talk about my feelings about the Star Wars fandom right now, then I'd say I'm maybe you know maybe a five or six. But so ah. the franchise itself, I'm like I'm fine. This that's stuff a good. That doesn't bother me. Sure, that's a great delineation to make or differentiation to make there between the fandom and and it, the actual franchise itself. Yeah, yeah, because um, it really kind of has become its own entity. I mean, it always has, but it's. Uh, I don't think we've seen this much divergence you know, between, you know, the franchise and the fandom. Sure. Yeah. I mean, the prequels have nothing on this. No, I mean, yeah. Yeah. And it's not just because social media, yeah, it's not just because social media didn't exist at really at the time either. Right. Um, This is a wholly different animal. Um, In fact, you know, one, once, well, first off, I'll say I'm probably in the same numbers with you where with the franchise, I'm feeling pretty good. Uh, you know, some of the, like some of the comic books I'm feeling are a little weak and they, they need to shape that up. Um, yeah. And the, and the books mean, that... are feeling a little soft, even though I know Thrawn's going to fix that. Um, oh yeah. Yeah. Just like it's fixing the comics in a, in a very real way. Yeah. Did you um, see that new cover they put out for the limited edition for the San Diego comic-con? Was that the one with Anakin in it? Yeah. yeah that, that was awesome. a sweet piece of art. Hell yes, it was. Yeah, uh, that yeah, was really, yeah. really cool. And I'm dying to, I'm hoping that story's going to come out Yeah, because it's a pretty good bet. You know, there's no spoiler here. I, I don't know this. I'm just guessing that this is going to tell, because in the first Thrawn book, you heard, or you, you heard rumors of Thrawn knew Anakin Skywalker. I think he's right. going to figure out, just like Tarkin did in the Tarkin book, right. I think Thrawn's going to figure out that Vader is Anakin. Well, um, I mean, the, the, the kind of synopsis they've given for this book is, is going to be a, a Thrawn, Darth Vader sort of buddy cop movie. Yeah, you know, yeah. and you know, of course, if they have history, that's gonna come up. Yeah, I mean, and and the the fact that they put that cover out, I mean, that's just a glaring, you know, tell. 
Yeah, no, I agree. I agree. But because that book's coming out, and among other things, of course, we have the new cartoon series uh, or animated series that we mentioned uh, in last month's Star Wars update, a lot of these things. I'm with you. I, I, yeah. I think I think the franchise Which, is uh, largely doing fine. Just just a note, congrats, congrats to uh, Dave Filoni, who won, uh, won a Saturn Award for uh, Rebels yeah. this week. Yeah, fantastic. And in my opinion, well-deserved. Yeah, um, absolutely. I've been waiting. I'm excited. I know July 31st, I think they said, is when season four of Rebels will be coming out on Blu-ray. Right. Um, I've been waiting for like a complete box set of that uh, to come out to, before I purchase it. Uh, but I right. will be definitely doing so uh, on Blu-ray in the in the near future. So, um, yeah, and as far as fandom goes, yeah, I'm with you, five or six. I mean, something we didn't line up actually for this month uh, was the Kelly Marie Tran story, uh, yeah. which I talked about on Sovereign Tech Prime a little bit. Uh, just because I, I think that, I mean, it, it's so tough to tell what's real on the internet. Right. And, I mean, it's like, it's, it's, it's FUD. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, and, and I feel like, and then, you know, this gets into something we're probably going to talk about later. You know, the same thing that happened to Kathleen Kennedy about like a lot right. of the hate that got put on her birthday post and all this stuff. Right. Um, we can get into all that a little bit later, I think. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, fan, the fandom does feel just, just really fucking ugly right now. And, yeah. and I just don't get it because well, again, I mean, and, I don't and, know. I wonder but, what. But the, you know, I think this is something that you brought up uh, when you talked about the uh, the Kelly Marie Tran thing. You know, I, I to a certain degree, I do think this is like uh, a lot of the, the the really negative stuff is coming from a uh, a minority of people that are puffing themselves up to mm-hmm. look like they have greater numbers than they really do. Yeah, yeah, I think I think that's and, going and, on, and, and I do follow a, a few people on social media who just for fandom purposes that uh, are really kind of pushing back against this kind of stuff and are trying to, you know, put out the, a more positive attitude. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, there's, there's, there's definitely a divide there. And I, but I, I do think for the most part uh, that the, uh, the people that are, that feel like you and I do uh, outweigh uh, the people that are, you know, kind of making a big stake about a lot yeah. of this stuff. Yeah. I, 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 th- I think you're right about that. Um, and uh, well, I don't know. There's there's a whole lot that that could be be said about um all of that, but yeah, yeah, it's it's tough to know what's really real on the internet. Bottom line, right? Uh, and and that you know, I guess really the numbers are what will speak for themselves. Um, but the numbers don't exactly tell by, by Star Wars standards the prettiest story. Um, and I think we'll go ahead and yeah. start. We'll open up with uh with what we wanted to talk about first which is the box office performance. I mean, it's been about a month now, The or it's actually been, I think, exactly a month. Um, box office performance of Solo, a Star Wars story. Um, this is the latest entry, of course, put into theaters of Star Wars. And right now it is sitting at a domestic total, and that is in, you know, in the U.S., uh, $204 million as far as what it's grossed. Um, and then for uh, worldwide, a worldwide total, well, worldwide foreign markets, it's done $151 million about. So with a grand total of $356 million, um, that is not going to uh, you know, cut muster for the most expensive Star Wars movie ever made. Uh, granted, it's expensive because there's were extensive reshoots, but um, yeah, the, like like Do these it. numbers are uh, honestly are great for any movie, but for Star Wars, of course, like everybody's saying, I mean, it, yeah. it's not good. What do you think, Robin? Uh, well, I mean, for one, do we have uh, any exact numbers on how much Solo cost? Because I've heard different stories on that, and it seems like there's some certain uncertainty 
as to, and I don't think they've actually put out the exact numbers. Yeah, that's especially a good question. When it, especially when it comes to like how much they spent on marketing and things like that, because that's always a big thing. And and, and honestly, I mean, you know, uh, I think that had a lot to do with the poor f- performance of the movie was the marketing. Yeah. So the argument goes is that, or the theory is from Variety is that there's, and because they don't have exact numbers, but it cost at least $250 million to make. And okay. then there was $150 million in promotion. Um, okay. So know, it broke even just yeah, barely. It, yeah. It just broke even, but that, you know, that, that doesn't work. No, <laughs> for, no. For Hollywood, right? Yeah. Yeah. But I yeah. mean, um, and and I think they've they've mentioned and 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 we'll get into this, but you know they're that they're going to be changing their marketing strategy in right. the future. Yeah, um, I you know I mean the thing is, so does do these numbers kind of surprise me? Not exactly, considering the, and I think we talked about this last month. I mean, it, it was dumb of them to not go stick with December. They really should have stuck. With oh December. yeah, yeah, it was definitely yeah. it, it was uh, you know overload. Yeah, so I mean, it's too hot a field. Yeah, um, and this Expe- is especially yeah, I mean, especially with the uh, the other two uh, big uh, yeah, Avengers, Deadpool yeah, Avengers and, and Deadpool. No way, man! That was that was bad move. Yeah, and now this past week they've been taking on dress, you know, the Jurassic World sequel. Right. Uh, I mean, and that's you know, and, and of course that's that I I personally feel that's uh, squarely aimed at, at taking on Disney. Uh, so, yeah, well, I mean, you know, uh, Colin Trevorrow had fired shots on that matter. Right. Earlier. Right. He made some statements about how, you know, like the, uh, the new Jurassic Park movies are for a new generation, but not at ex- the expense of the old movies. Yeah, exactly. And I think he's largely delivered on that. Um, I'm going to have a review of, uh, of Jurassic world coming up on sovereign tech in the future. Um, but in any case, you know, yeah. So first off, like I think doing this, making this a May movie was just pure foolishness. Uh, that that money, that 150 million in marketing, was not money well spent because I mean they botched that too. Whether yeah. it was in May or December, they botched that up. Uh, yeah. That being Disney, of course. And, well, they started way too late too. Exactly. Right. You know, like I mean, I remember both of us were 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 kind of feeling um, not too excited for this movie. Uh, yeah. before the trailers had hit before actually that second trailer. Cause even the first trailer, the teaser trailer wasn't that great. No, um, no it wasn't. And we only started getting really kind of more enthusiastic for a movie after that second trailer. Yeah. Which and, came mid April. Right. Um, right. Which is like, yeah, that's really late away. game. Yeah. Which sucks because, and the reason you want to do it earlier. Okay. Is because you want to start building up that groundswell and have people watch the trailer over and over again and have people right. talking about it. Like, right. Oh, I'm so excited for this fucking film as to where, you know, I remember talking to people, uh, when, like when I was at Liberty forum and everything, and you know, I, I mean, people know I'm a star Wars, uh, you know, star Wars nut. And then, and I was just saying, I was like, yeah, this is the first time I've just haven't felt excited for anything. So yeah. I'm sure my word of mouth, you know, and I can imagine other, you know, star Wars sweaties word of mouth just being like, yeah. Yeah. Know. Well, the general attitude seemed to be the, from the beginning, even before we'd seen anything in the movie was the, uh, just announced that they were going to be doing a solo uh han solo story movie um was it just it was an unnecessary movie yeah yeah you know a lot of no i said, agree you know, i mean like it, it's fine that they're doing this but we don't really it's not needed uh right we, there's definitely other movies we'd rather see before that yeah like the obi-wan film right exactly uh, yeah yeah but now, I mean, that said, like this had nothing to do. I, I'm a little annoyed by people saying this has this really has to do with The Last Jedi. I don't know how I feel about that. 
um, because the last, like I didn't at the time, especially I didn't have so much of a problem with the last Jedi that wasn't keeping me from getting excited about solo. Right. Um, I mean, it, they were they were completely separate entities in my mind, but right. I was still down talking solo just on its own uh, marketing merits. You yeah. Know, again, well, I mean, I, I and I agree with you, but I mean, that there was that narrative out there. Sure. And whether or not you want to give it credence or not, you know, certainly some people, who knows how many, be, you know, believe that it was back. I mean, we we know we both know people that said that they're not going to watch solo because of their reaction to the Last Jedi. So, oh yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's I patrons mean, of, right. of, you know, sovereign tech that they've come right out and said, I'm not watching new star Wars anymore. And, and right. Right. I, I mean, that, that's, that's their prerogative, but yeah. um, whether or not, you know, that represents the whole fandom, I don't know and whether or not that had an actual tangible, you know, impact on the, the, the box office results. I here again, I don't know. It's really hard to kind of judge that kind of thing. Yeah, because there's a lot of factors. Like we said, there was Avengers and and uh, and, and Deadpool too. Yeah. I mean, you've got a lot, a lot of pieces on this chessboard that could have led to why this, you know, why why this was a concern. Yeah, um, and I think that like I and I can understand, you know, if if somebody up top, you know, made the decision that they were going to release this movie in May, and so from that standpoint, I can understand why they went with the strategy of holding back on those trailers until, you know, almost the last minute, mm -hmm. because, you know, if they came out with trailers, you know, uh, a couple or a few months after uh, the last Jedi, I think, you know, the, the, the feelings of burnout would probably be even stronger. It's kind of like, Oh man, more star Wars already. Yeah. Yeah. You know, what's funny. I mean, and this is, this is kind of worth talking about. I know there have been a couple of, uh, of, journalistic sources if you can even call them that but I, I mean i got their point it was fair is i mean a lot of people are now are just starting to say that look you know this whole marvel thing is just a one-off this ability to create a cinematic universe um like lightning just won't strike twice like they tried and it, and it's not working um and i say that because ant-man and wasp you know is is getting like really really great reviews and people are really excited for it and that's yeah. just coming very hot off of the heels hotter off the heels than last jedi and solo right of of, of the you know the latest right. avengers film right so yeah. and, and but it, it you know you're not hearing any of these problems i mean like the the narrative the you know around ant-man and wasp uh is is wholly different i mean in fact right. it's the exact well, opposite. i mean I'm looking forward to because I liked the first Ant-Man movie. I thought sure. that was actually one of the few Marvel movies that I've liked. I mean, in general, um, I'm kind of I, I am feeling a little bit burnt out. Yeah. Uh, I, I watched Infinity War and uh, honestly, I was kind of bored through most of it. Right on. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I understand. And I agree with you about Ant-Man. I thought that was one of the better ones along with Dr. Strange um, right. that have come out in recent memory. Right. Uh, yeah. But I mean, I, I guess I, I get the point that, yeah, maybe, maybe this can't exactly be pulled off or I don't know. I like, mean, I don't know. I don't know that it's impossible. Okay. So I would like, yeah, I could apply those rules to every other franchise in existence except Star Wars. Mm-hmm. Because I mean, Star Wars is really its own, thing. and and Star Trek too. Yeah, I mean, well, that, yeah. Like I, I, I think it's entirely possible for them to turn this thing around, and really, you know, kind of present a a a cohesive, consistent universe that sure. people enjoy regularly. Sure. Uh, it's just that they're 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 flubbing it right now. 
Yeah. I mean, I'll say this. I don't mind if, I mean, the, the, the narrative in the news and everything and by a lot of other um, uh, Star Wars commentary shows, we'll say, uh <sighs> I, I don't know that I agree with them, but the, but the idea that, or one of the concepts is that, well, now Disney is concentrating on episode nine really, really hard. I'm fine if that's all that they're going to do for a little while and they hold off. We'll talk about this in a little yeah. bit. Um, yeah. If they hold off on doing anything else and much announcement of anything else, other than maybe the Obi-Wan movie, that's the thing that could well, really save. Them. I mean, they had to concentrate on episode nine anyway. Yeah. I mean, no matter what, I mean, just, regardless of whether any of those movie other movies were going to happen or not. Right. Uh, personally, I think it was, you know, they, they could have put that and we're going to, we're going to talk about this too. I know too, but personally, I, I think they, they could have been in talks about having this new uh, Ryan Johnson trilogy, but uh, announcing it, I thought that was a big mistake. Yeah. I think they should have kept that under wraps for a good while longer. Yeah, especially to to talk about it, you know, before last Jedi, last Jedi even hit. Like, yeah, that was, yeah, that was a mistake. That was a yeah. Like I said, that does, and that and and I'm not saying. And when I say they're flubbing it with Star Wars, I'm not talking about necessarily just the storytelling. I, I'm talking about all these little missteps with the marketing and mm-hmm. the planning and and their strategy. I mean, that's that's really where all the mistakes are being made. Yeah. Yeah. Now, you know, I, I want to talk about, cause we're going to get into all those subjects in just a little bit here. Um, something that I found interesting. In fact, you know, this is, <laughs> I think this says so much about solo. Like, I mean, I make it a point and I've made it a point since I was, since I was a schoolboy, as Captain Picard would say, which by the way, baby, that picture. Of Mark Hamill and Patrick Stewart. Wasn't that hot? Holy shit, man. I mean, that's like, that is, that is so much greatness. I don't know how the camera could even take that. Picture. Right. Right. That, that was my description. It's, it's just like, it's just a supernova of awesome. Oh I mean, man. The best. I mean, that, that was just, that was incredible to see that. Literally um, when stars collide. Yeah. 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 I mean, absolutely. Uh, and all the more exciting, you know, that especially since, um, well, I'll talk about this in July's Star Trek update, but, a lot of news about Patrick Stewart coming oh, back. Oh yeah, to Star Trek. I'm 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 really excited about that. I really yeah. am. Yeah. So anyway, um, but this is something that 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 speaks to to the point around solo in general, which is so. Like I said, I I've, I've I read every Star Wars book, you know, and and I I don't mind if if not everybody's that way, and I get that. Uh, I mean, back in the old EU, we're going to talk about that later. You know, I I mean, I've 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 read it all. Um, and sometimes it was torturous. Sometimes it was joy. And a lot of times it was just somewhere in between. But anyway, you know, especially with the new canon, I've been trying to keep up quite a bit. Yeah. And for, you know, as somebody who is such a canon junkie like I am, I completely didn't even I didn't even think about it. I'm like, you know, is there going to be a novelization of Solo? <laughs> like, like, like it didn't it didn't even cross my mind that, that right, they're right they're supposed to be one of these books i mean because there was one for rogue one you know there's been one for every movie so far obviously well and, again, it's, it's like the unnecessary novelization of the unnecessary <laughs> movie <laughs> exactly <laughs> I, that's what i say i think it, it just points at, at the problems with this film like i mean it literally didn't cross my fucking mind you know like that that there'd be a novelization i even i already bought the you know i had pre-ordered months ahead of time the visual guide the art book and all that mm-hmm. and i just never even thought about the the the, uh, the novelization and just the other day uh, i mean literally a couple days ago and i don't know when it finally you know like came across the bow or what 
But just the other day in my Audible app, it shows up. It says, oh, solo Star Wars story. And I mean, it must have been pretty fresh because they don't even have like a finalized cover for it or anything or much right, information right. on it at all. Well, this seems to be their new strategy with Star Wars books. I mean, the, the novelization is, is that they're doing this uh, post-movie release, uh, you know, a couple months after the movie yeah. came out. You know, and, and, and you got to wonder if it's like, okay, are they doing this to like to tweak the movie? Yeah, you I know? don't. Yeah, that see, because here's the thing, and and I talked about this a couple months back on on the Star Wars update, right? Like the the novelization, which they specifically called the Last Jedi Expanded Edition, like right? They specifically called it that. I thought that was one of the best Star Wars books ever written. Like the movie could you know can go shit itself. I mean, I mean, not not exactly, but you know, it, yeah. it doesn't doesn't blow up my skirt. As right. to where the novelization I thought was fucking awesome and. Yeah. And so I yeah I I kind of wonder like are they just going are they listening to like fan reaction to the film and then they're going to decide what they're going to pop into this book this is a very very weird strategy never n- this would be considered anathema before Star Wars ever pulled this off with the Last Jedi I mean this apps because the idea of that you could make money off of a book while the movie's not in theaters would be just considered I mean that's just like that's crazy talking how right right. Well, no, so, and 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 I don't think they would have been able to do this in the past either, because, um, I mean, you remember nerddom back in the '90s. His retcons was like a huge thing for a while. Sure. And so, like, doing any kind of like editing, especially after the special editions, where the, you know they went and changed those movies, uh, people were very resistant to any kind of like, you know, post-release, you know, futzing with the yeah, stories. Yeah. And so, yeah. I mean, but now they're doing this and it seems to be working for them. And it's just weird how that, you know, his dynamic has totally changed from right. the way it was in the past. Yeah. You know, actually, I, oh man, I don't know if I want to get into this, but well, just to say quick. So the, the solo novelization, the unnecessary novelization <laughs> is coming out September 4th, 2018. I already have my copy pre-ordered, um, but, and, I, and I will read it and we'll see. I, they, I have no idea if it's an expanded edition or not. Yeah, um, I kind of hope I, it is. I'll I'll fully admit here. I mean, I, I'm more of a a, a a Star Wars novel snob. Yeah, uh, yeah, I'll, sure. I'll turn my nose up at some of them. Yeah, um, no, I'm a total slut. I, I have no problem saying that. Like, <laughs> I take, I bend over and take it all. So, <laughs> anyway, that that's been my mo forever. So, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, I I am that way with some other Star Wars stuff. It's just right. not the novels. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I understand. Um, so, but you know, kind of speaking to what you're talking about earlier, like fandom back in the nineties, like how serious, I mean, I guess it's serious now, but I, I forget why exactly. I was literally just thinking about this earlier today. Oh, I, well, it was because, um, so I'm not going to get into this part of the subject here. That'll be for a sovereign tech prime episode. Um, but Harlan Ellison died today, who was a dear friend of mine, uh, my favorite author of all time. I mean, really, well, I'll, I'll save all that for, for the episode of sovereign tech this week. Um, but I was thinking about, it had me thinking about when I met him and got to become friends with him at conventions in like the late nineties and early aughts and everything, you know, I mean, this stuff was very personal for us. Like, I, I, I mean, and there wasn't as to where now everything is, is very cookie cutter. And, you know, you have set panels at San Diego comic-con and all this, um, that the, the production houses and the studios themselves 
are making happen as to where in the in, at the convention scene in the 90s and the early aughts it was like the convention organizers like creation entertainment or whoever right. they'd have to ask they'd have to beg and pay you know these people please would you show up at our convention blah 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 and and they'd set up all these very impromptu you know not so much out of the booking office as they would say uh uh you know, panels and, and, and talks and everything at them. It was, I mean, this stuff was like, you know, when, when somebody from the original Battlestar Galactica would come out, I mean, that was really deep, you know, when Richard Hatch would come out or whoever, um, you know, I mean, it was a really, really personal thing. So when people went fucking around, you know, with, with that content, you know, say like the special editions or, or whatever was coming out. Yeah. I mean, I think people took it really personally yeah. uh, that they were changing things because this stuff was deeply meaningful. It's not like today where, I mean, shit, you want science fiction, you've got, you know, it, it, it's a Chinese buffet that doesn't have a two hour limit today. Right. You know, it, it's, it's really crazy. Well, um, I mean, the, the quantity has certainly gone up, but I'm mean, not necessarily oh, yeah. the qual- quality. No, no. The quality. With, with some yeah, exceptions. Yeah. You that's know, why I think know, the like, Chinese buffet analogy is still perfect because right, you know, right. you're not going to get the best food there. Right. Uh, so of course, minus some, the expanse. Right? I, I was just going to say, I watched the, the season finale expanse last night. Oh baby. That was some good stuff. Yeah. I, I, probably won't catch it till tomorrow night but okay. anyway um i, you're, I do you're have it ready to go i yes. mean i yeah i don't want this is the star wars show but yeah i like uh, i'm a big fan of both the books and the show and sure. um even though they they really kind of abridged the uh the the book that this season's based on yeah this half season um it was still really enjoyable yeah 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 um and yeah stephanie and i love that show um you know we're watching it like pretty much as minus tonight we watch it as soon as we get the opportunity you know as soon as it's available so um but anyway uh yeah i mean it's just it was a different time back then and this stuff was really personal and you didn't want to go fucking with it as to where now I don't know. I mean, I, I didn't mind the special editions back in the day anyway. Like I, I was just so excited to see star Wars in theaters. Cause I was so young. I was like, Oh, this is going to be fucking great. You know that I didn't mind. I've never minded like Lucas's additions to uh, the Blu-rays, you know, where Vader says no, you know, and all this or or in, at the end of return of the Jedi and all that. Like I, oh, I've yeah. never really minded that, but that comes more out of respect for a creator than anything else. Um, but yeah, it was just a different time. I mean, that's the bottom line. And and today, I think like Disney is clearly trying to create such a giant universe. I guess I, I'm a little more accepting of the changes that don't come from uh, uh, from a sole creator, as it right. were. Yeah. Uh, but anyway. Yeah, so, that, you know, that's. I mean, that's really kind of the thing missing from Star Wars is the kind of like the singular vision. Oh yeah. Oh, it's its biggest problem. There's there's no yeah. question about it that, yeah. that if there's any real failure going on right now, it is because there is no singular vision. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, anyway, we might talk about that in a little bit uh, as well. So, but that novelization again is coming out in September. So there will be a review of that on the Star Wars update. Um, real quick, I do want to before we get into some of our main topics. Uh, I, well, there's not there's not a whole ton to say about this book. Um, there was a Han Solo esque, or you know, it, well Han Solo's in it. So is the character of Kira uh, from Solo: a Star Wars Story. There was kind of a prequel book, as it were, uh, called Most Wanted that came out on the same day that um, that solo, a star Wars story officially came out. And uh, I read this and I talked about it for a minute back when we did our star Wars update in May. And I, I know you didn't get the chance to read it, Robin. No, I'm probably not going to read it to be honest with you. Well, that's the thing because you really don't need to like, like yeah. this is, this book is so pointless. Um, and in fact, it didn't even, in my opinion, it didn't have what even the most pointless Star Wars books 
as far as with the new canon does have, which is in the last chapter, they give you some kind of nugget of information that has bearing on the entire galaxy. You didn't even get that. Like it was real. I I felt like it was just a very pathetic, uninteresting book. Um, ironically, io9 was true, which is a, you know, a Gawker property and Gawker is a property of Univision, blah, blah, blah. Um, io9 was treating this as their first star Wars book to do for a star Wars book club. I bet they're never going to do another star Wars book club again, because this book was terrible. Yeah. <laughs> like that was pure marketing on, on, on their part. I don't, I don't read io9 anymore anyway. So good call. Good call. Yeah. So, you know, we were talking earlier, though, uh, before before we uh, started recording, and you said, like, you didn't read Phasma either. And I and no. when you said that, I was like, that's perfect. Because, yeah, the Phasma book, while the Phasma book gives you, like, this aura over the about the character and how she's such a survivalist and take no prisoners, blah, 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 it really had no point. Like, I mean, it was a pointless fucking book, and you get nothing right. out of it. Right. Um, and, same, that's, and, the, and, go ahead. and the reason I got that impression was because before that, I don't know if it was around the same time or before that came out, there was the Phasma comic book. And that was yes. basically the same thing. There was no point to that either. Yeah, other than the first issue, which showed how she miraculously and literally yeah, yeah. escaped and that, from uh, Starkiller Base. Right, right. And that just seemed like to have been done out of necessity and not because right. they were trying to you know, write an interesting story. Yeah, no, I agree. I agree. Same. It's the same deal. Um, This was such filler. I don't I already like the character of Kira. This book did nothing to add to that liking. It didn't take anything away either, but it didn't add anything to it, which is by definition. Um, So, yeah. So Star Wars Most Wanted total bonus. You know, I I don't know if I was a teenager, maybe I'd be into it because uh, Solo and Kira are pretty much teenagers in it. And maybe then Mm -hmm. it'd be like sexy for me. But Otherwise, oh, wasn't it, isn't it under the, the the young adult category of novel? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But so, I, I feel I mean, like that fits. Yeah, it fits, right? I mean, to to me, like where, that, where those, some of the other like the books that they've put under the character, I would actually say are above that and are like in the adult level, like Lost Stars. Yeah, I, I feel like I really do not consider that a young adult book. That is, you know, one of the finest books that they put out for the new canon. Yeah, absolutely. And ironically, for a young adult book, it's the most adult. Like it has right, the most yeah. mentions of sex. Right. Um, next to maybe the actual movie, Solo Star Wars Story, which I thought was very risque at points. Um, so anyway, uh, yeah, so most wanted. This is totally I, I'm gonna rate it as optional. In fact, that's gonna be my rating system for books from now on. Either must read or optional. <laughs> Sounds good to me. <laughs> yeah, this one this one is totally optional. It doesn't add shit. It would have been nice even if you got a whiff of mall you know, uh, in it. Uh, yeah. That, been that, was, nice. that was the thing I was just thinking too, about the, the, the character Kira, like her backstory, not really. I, I do. I agree with you. I like the character a lot, but the backstory I don't think is, is really all that interesting to me. Uh, I think what's interesting of is her character going forward. Yeah. Yeah. No, I agree. And I want more of that. Right. But that said, so <laughs> let's move into our next story here. Because now the claim is, or a claim that went around uh, like last week, and I'm going to be really clear on this. The claim was made by Collider, uh, by uh, Steve Weintraub, uh, also known as Frosty, who is really an insider guy. Like in general, I like Frosty more than I may like a lot of what gets put on Collider's YouTube channel. They they are kind of two mm-hmm. separate entities. One's the they website. Are. Well, they always have been. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. 
Um, even though there's some cross where like Perry Nemiroff will write for the website and she also is right. very uh, popular. Yeah, but she, she, too. and well, she wasn't there at the beginning of the, the Collider YouTube either. I mean, she kind of right. came in afterwards just because she was part of Collider already. But yeah, the, the way I've always understood is the, the Collider YouTube channel was like a spinoff. Right. It was completely separate. From yeah, the, exactly. Uh, the, the website. Yeah. Frosty is, I understand it is very well respected in, in Hollywood. Uh, he's like your Scott Mance kind of guys, you know, he's sort of like that. So anyway, so, I mean, that gives some credibility to this, that he claimed that there were sources from Lucasfilm who, and, and, and I guess the way that this information was presented caused a, a huge clusterfuck, but bottom line being is this, the narrative that was being pushed uh, and the Collider YouTube channel had a hand in this is that, in fact, they did two episodes last week of Jedi Council, which is their admittedly very popular um, Star Wars news show. And uh, on both of those shows, they were talking about, oh, there's not going to be any more Star Wars story spinoffs. This is all over, blah, blah, blah. Um, now, there, there were little points where they did say, at least for now, like that they're kind of holding off on it. Mm -hmm. um, but the overall narrative was like, oh, no, these are over. We're not going to get Obi-Wan. We're not going to get this. Yeah. We're not going to get that, blah, 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 blah. And that was the story that people were running with based upon the information that Frosty put out there. Yeah, well, I mean, the way I saw this evolve was is the, like I said, the original Collider article came out, and mm -hmm. it wasn't as uh, declarative about right. these projects being on hold, uh, you know, on hold. Uh, but then it just became a game of telephone where, you know, one news outlet picks it up and tells it and then starts exaggerating it. And the next news outlet does the same thing. And before right. you know, oh, no, Star Wars is falling apart and all these projects are on hold and we're only getting episode nine and that's it. Yeah. Yeah. And then, I mean, that's that's right. It, per, calling it, just, it a game of telephone is perfect. Yeah. yeah. It just snowballed. Yeah, exactly. Um, so but this was at the time it was. You know, I mean, you, if you called it rumor, that's exactly what it was because yeah. you're basing, you're not getting any names. You're not getting any factual statements. Um, just saying like one it's, it's hearsay. Maybe that's the best term to use for it. Right. Um, and, 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 and so far ahead. as, I mean, we don't know who his sources are and I right. mean, uh, it's, it's not like Lucasfilm itself is, is a monolithic organization. There's pe different people in the organization. I'm sure have different perceptions or opinions about what's going yeah. on with the company. So, you know, this just could have been one guy's personal opinion about where things were going from what he had seen, which is likely not the whole story. Yeah. I mean, honestly, in, in a real way, like in, in these kinds of situations, um, now I've never been like in a full on Hollywood meeting. I've been in pitch meetings and meetings for, uh, a different industry, but just up the street from it. Mm -hmm. uh, I'll just say it's in Van Nuys. And, um, <laughs> You know, so uh, I mean, how those work, like, look, if if the head of the studio isn't the one saying it, it could change in a second. Like, yeah. I mean, it might as well. And even then it could change in a second, but it might as well, right. you know, it might as well be meaningless. Right. Um, and like, so basically, if if Frosty's source wasn't Kathleen Kennedy or Bob Iger, who gives a shit? Okay. <laughs> like, yeah, I mean that's the kind of the, the the way it is with a lot of this Star Wars rumors and news that's been coming out these days. Right. You know, and and really like I I can imagine I I think there's probably some validity to that. Maybe maybe they're putting the the pause button to reevaluate their strategy yeah. on how to market these movies. In fact, I think uh uh, somebody even did an interview with Lucasfilm. You know, they said we're reevaluating our marketing 
which, right. you know, you and I have both had major complaints about that from the beginning yeah. with, the, uh, with Disney Star Wars. And, um, you know, let's hope it turns out for the best. Of course, I'm sort of like, I'll believe it when I see it sort of thing. But at least they are starting to reevaluate that part of the business. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Well, let me ask you this. Speaking of marketing, how do you feel? Do you think that this could this could have been like a planted story to try and garner some kind of sympathy from the fan base? I mean, which had just gone or what appeared to have gone feral. I mean, what, what, what do you think? Yeah, I don't know, because I mean, it, 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 you could be interpreted that way, but at the same time, it also fed into the naysayers saying, Oh, look, we were right. Ah, uh-huh. You know, and I've seen yeah. that. Sure. I've seen it. So I, yeah, it, I'm sure. I, I don't know. Yeah, it's, that's, it, it's tough. I mean, that, that's the bottom line. Like, again, like we were saying earlier with the Kelly Marie Tran thing and, you know, with the Kathleen Kennedy birthday thing and all that. Right. Um, like, and I made this point on Sovereign Tech when I talked about it. Like, you, you, you know, again, you just, you can't know what's real. Like, you don't know. Right. Like, like, I mean, right. I could totally believe that there would be this whole... Because, I mean, one could argue that it happened with Ghostbusters, with uh, Leslie Jones, where, you know, she she ran away from Twitter and it was all to try and make, you know, er, and, and the argument goes from some people. I'm not saying I agree with it, but the argument is, is that that was just marketing to try and get people to go see Ghostbusters. And, you you know, these it's it's such a ruthless market right now because it's so saturated yeah. that you'll do anything to get, you know, asses in the seats. Right. Um, and I don't know. I don't know that I believe it. That, that that's what happened here or that what happened with, with the other two situations I just mentioned. Um, yeah, you know, the, the, the thing I'm thinking though, is, is like, if, if that, like Disney certainly has a reputation for being ruthless. Sure. No doubt about it. Um, I, I think if that sort of thing was happening, it would be happening, you know, from within the Disney fold, but outside of Lucasfilm. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Because I mean, I don't I, I generally like the people that are still the, the people that are lurking working in Lucasfilm now are still for the most part the people that have been there since George Lucas was there. Yeah, it's tough to imagine think, John Noel would be behind this, right? Yeah, yeah. And those people are are I think for the most part, you know, hundred percent generally sincere. Yeah. In all the stuff that they do and their enthusiasm for the franchise. Yeah. And I just can't see them participating in something like that and not having, you know, to have some sort of objection or crisis of conscience. Sure. Sure. No, I, I, I think that's a great point and maybe the best defense against, you know, any, any argument, this is some kind of AstroTurf. Um, yeah, I, 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 that, yeah. Cause I agree. I totally agree. Like, like all the, half the people there at Lucasfilm, uh, like I say, are, are ones that have been around, you know, for a while now. Yeah. And, and I just, yeah, I can't believe that they'd be okay with any of that. I mean, these are like really, yeah, like you said, they're passionate. They love right. the franchise. They love well, what I mean, they're it's, doing. It's, it's just, I've, everything I've, I've heard and I've talked to people who've worked there before. It is just sure. generally a company that tries to retain people and goes out of their way to make them feel wanted and welcome and, and, and hold on to really great talent and they yeah. do it. They yeah. really do it. Yeah. Well, I, th- I think, I mean, working with George Lucas, like George Lucas, you know, people can have their arguments about him. This is a guy with his heart on his sleeve. And he, I think he's, I think he's large, except for like his BSing about how much of this he ever had planned. I think he's oh, largely yeah. a straight shooter. Um, yeah. And, and, and 
yeah, I think that has to rub off on you. Like, I mean, and he would want to surround, I mean, he likes to surround himself with yes men, but he also likes to surround himself, I think with genuine. Right. I mean, yeah. And and that's kind of the downfall is to the, 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 the uh, corporate atmosphere of of Lucasfilm is maybe people were, were too accommodating to George and didn't question any of, you know, his bad decisions. Cause if you go and watch the, uh, some of the, the behind the scenes footage of even episode one, and there was a, a, a clip of there where they were doing the the, uh, the company screening yep. with George and all the producers. And George was even kind of like questioning, like, yeah, did I really do the right thing here? Yeah. Well, Spielberg, I mean, well, anyway, we could go down that for a yeah, while. But yeah, yeah. No, I, I hear yeah. you. I mean, guys like Rick McCollum. Well, I think there's a reason Rick McCollum's not at Lucasfilm anymore. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, so, okay. I mean, so the spinoff movies, bottom line is, is that that was all rumor. It came out on ABC that, oh, no, 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 no. Like this stuff might be, you know, a little bit, we're, we're re-strategizing or something like that. Um, they didn't like give any solid dates for say an Obi-Wan movie or anything like that. But bottom line well, that being hasn't is, even been announced. No, right. That it's, is, it's, it's never even been acknowledged. Yeah, exactly. Uh, aside, aside from that, I think that Un McGregor said that, yes, we've talked about it. Right. So, you know, but ABC said, no, this just isn't true. And look, like I was saying earlier, I don't mind if they want to just concentrate on episode nine, see what episode nine does before they figure out what their next step is going to be outside right. of the one thing that nobody's complaining about, which is the John Favreau uh, a TV series that's going right. to be on Disney streaming channel starting in 2019. Um, you know, does yeah, wait, seem, does that seem early to you? Do you think they're actually going to hit that date? Oh, I, I think, I think they can pull it off. Um, cause they, they said like, so they, they, what was the, I think they said six episodes like they, that they had six episodes already written. Okay. They were going with that. Um, okay. I mean, like, they're, I, was thinking, they're, I didn't, I didn't realize it was, it was that limited and, and the number of episodes they were doing. Cause I was thinking, you know, that what seems to be today, the traditional is about 12. Yeah. I think they're going to do 12, but they said they already had six, like, like flying like that, that, that they're, oh, okay. they're rolling. Um, okay. So I wouldn't, I'd agree with you. The thing is Star Trek discovery has been a very enlightening experience for me. Like the production on that. Yeah. um, And they rolled out like some very heavy episodes and they, they made them very quickly. Uh, Right. It was, it was shocking how quick uh, that they did a turnaround on those. So, yeah. So I, I think, I think they can pull this off, but also Star Trek discovery got delayed twice. Yeah, (laughs) exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Yeah. I don't know, but, but yeah, concentrate on that concentrate on episode nine, you know, and see what happens, see what the reactions are to that. And then, it, you know, star Wars is back on fire. Great. Then go ahead yeah. and do your star Wars. Story, I, mean, so. I, 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 star Wars is always going to be on fire to a certain degree. I mean, yeah, like yeah. I'll tell you one thing that I'm sure neither of us is worried about in the least is resistance. Right. The I animated mean, series. You know, yeah. Just Not like no, no questions. Yep. I mean, Filoni's in charge. You're just like, all right, well, this will be fine. Right. You know, um, yeah. Now, you know, speaking of people, I, I agree with you there. And, and that's, again, I, I know some other commentators have talked about this. I really do think that TV as it were, as in not in theaters uh, could be star Wars is really like where, where it's really going to, to shine Yeah, even yeah. brighter perhaps than it ever has before. Right. Um, yeah. It'd be interesting to see where the, where the Favreau series uh, goes and how successful it is. Uh, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm fairly optimistic about it, but here again, I just kind of uh, waiting and seeing how it turns right. out because it could turn out to be like a really big deal. 
because I could definitely see them. Like, imagine if they they did pull back on some of the Star Wars stories, and instead of doing them as movies, adapted them as sort of like a miniseries for television or something. Mm-hmm. I could see that working for them really well with something like Obi Wan. Yes. Yeah, I agree. Um, in fact, well, we'll we'll get into this other subject in a second. Uh, kind of like a, it's more of a question than it is a story. Um, but before I, well, no, you know what? Let, let's, let's get into it. So sure. the Ryan Johnson trilogy, I know we yeah. have more we want to say about Kathleen Kennedy, but we can get to that right after this. Um, the Ryan Johnson trilogy, which was announced, here's something that maybe you don't want to take the risk of putting in theaters. <laughs> like, right. Like maybe. <laughs> so, so the question that I, that I, that I posted or that I, that I put in, you know, we have a document that you and I work off of here for the show. Um, I said, should Lucasfilm back off of Ryan Johnson's trilogy? Um, I, I mean, I'm intrigued to see what Ryan Johnson would do. Like, I'm not opposed to him doing this sort of thing. I get the sense that that's the entire purpose of the Canto Bite sequence in The Last Jedi was for him to have something that he could build off of and a story that he wants to tell. And I'm not even saying that that might be a bad story. I mean, it was a bad part of the movie. I mean, almost universally agreed that that was shit in that right. film. Right, yeah, and I was going to say that too. I mean, like, whether or not you liked The Last Jedi or not, it does seem to be a kind of a consensus that was like the weak link in the chain of that movie. Yeah, yeah, I mean, killed pacing and, you know, to make the movie so long, to have 15 minutes of that nonsense, they they easily could have... Anyway, that, that, that necessarily shouldn't have been there, but I, maybe they forced it in because this is the crux of Ryan Johnson's uh, trilogy to come up. But now here's the thing is that if they want to do Ryan Johnson's trilogy and put it on the streaming service, I think they have a lot less risk. Oh, yeah. um, they still put the same amount of money into it and, and, you know, go ahead. Like, I, I don't think that well, you, that necessarily hurts anything, but go you know ahead. what? The other thing I'm hoping to with like, you know, if, if I hope the other conversation going on Lucasfilm right now is, is like, we really need to scale back the budgets on these things because I yeah. think they could do so much more with much less. Yeah. With more characters. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. I mean, you know, the, 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 the original star Wars movie, uh, you know, new hope that was done on the shoe sharing budget, you know? Yeah. What? 10 million. I think. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and, and, and just look at what they accomplished with that. I mean, I know George was never hundred percent satisfied with, with getting everything that he had envisioned for that movie, but what they were able to accomplish uh, in that first movie was just astounding by any standard. Yeah. Literally groundbreaking. Yeah. Um, I mean, like they, they, they genuinely changed the cinematic yeah, game. Well, exactly. Not only did they change the cinematic game, but like they invented whole new technologies that right. are still being used in film today. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah. I, I could see that. I mean, the way that part of how they were able to pull that off is like they bought I forget what they call the cameras, but they bought like these ancient cameras that were literally selling. I mean, almost literally selling for pennies. Right. And that's how they're able to kind of pull it off. Right. Um, I don't know that Disney can like can make cuts like that, but I agree with you completely that. I mean, well, this is the same thing. Actually, the same thing happened with Star Trek, the motion picture. Here's a great example. Star Trek, the motion picture goes like 10, 20 million above budget. Just stupid money. And so, but it does enough to where, okay, yeah, let's make Star Trek two. And of course, Star Trek two, the wrath of Khan would go on to be, you know, widely considered the greatest uh, Star Trek movie of all time, even if it's not the most successful of all time. But Star Trek two was made with a TV studio uh, production team, not with right. a movie studio production team. And, well, that's and, originally started. It was going to be Star Trek phase two, and then it turned into the motion picture. 
Well, right, right. So, but you know, with Star Trek too, like to cut costs, they went with a TV production team. Right. And, but because they concentrated on, well, let's make this a great fucking movie or, you know, great characters and story and all that, instead of so much these, you know, crazy high production values, which I still right. love from the motion right. picture. It worked. It, it like, yeah. and, it, and again, it, it's, it's widely considered the best of the bunch. Um, right. So I think that, yeah, I think Star Wars could do the same we've thing. We've seen this throughout Hollywood over and over again. I mean, I think about like the, uh, the Matrix movies, how like the first yeah. movie was done on relatively small budget, made a ton of movie money. And then the studio is just like, okay, let's throw all the money at these people. And I actually think that produced an inferior product by them having too much money. Yeah. And, and, and like a lot of, a lot of free reign. Um, yeah. Yeah. As well, which, See, now, if, if, if I was, I, and I know they'll probably never do anything like this, but if I was in charge over at Lucasfilm, I would actually create sort of like a um, art house sub studio for Lucasfilm ah. where you could bring in young directors and, and smaller budgets and let people experiment. And don't spend a whole lot of money on it. If they produce something that's really of quality, put it out in there in the world, whether it be, you know, on streaming service or something like that or on YouTube or whatever. And if it doesn't work and, you know, they get reaction, bad reactions to it, you don't, they don't have to release it. Yeah. Yeah. Not a lot of skin in the game if they right. do that. Right. Hedge your bets. Yeah. That, that is brilliant. I think, I think, I, I really think they should do that. Um, Oh man, because you know, like instantly what came to my mind first off, but these things don't have to be two hours a pop, you know, you can do a 30 minute, you know, have fun with like a, like a little 30 minute production or something. Right. Uh, that's, that's a special of, of some kind, you know? Right. And not, not, not holiday special, but like, I, I reminded me of my favorite star Wars fan film of all time from back in, I guess maybe from the nineties. Uh, was called Broken Allegiance, Star Wars Broken yeah. Allegiance. And this was 30 that. minutes. Obviously, it had a low fucking budget. It was made by fans, you know, just right. like these dudes in Australia. Right. And it was awesome. It was so, like, it had everything. It had great story. The effects were, were pretty good, you know? Right. I mean, they right. match. Well, even many before ways. that, they had that, um, it was it was kind of a parody, but they had the troops. Uh, oh, troops. Yeah, that's like the most popular fan film. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But I mean, that was one that really kind of like opened people's eyes to like, you know, the, the world of Star Wars fan films. Yeah, like, yeah. That was, that was a lot of people's first experience in that world. But, you know, I'm just I'm, I'm thinking like it's, it's also consistent with like the way George did things because, you know, he had Lucasfilm proper and then he split off all these sort of like sub companies like Skywalker Sound right. and THX and LucasArts. And he, for the most part, let those people do their own thing. And sometimes it didn't work out and sometimes it did. And when it did, it was really good stuff. Yeah, no, it does fit with like, it reminds me even of um, a, a team that, that Lucas was with before Lucasfilm, which is American Zootrope that he right. did with, uh, uh, with Francis Ford Coppola, uh, where, yeah, that was like this little small indie studio that was doing effectively prestige films on shoestring budgets. And, you know, actually American Zootrope still exists. Uh, and is run by Coppola's kids and right. I mean, still does great prestige films. Prestige meaning they know they're not going to be a blockbuster. Like this is something just to make critics happy. Right, uh, right. But it's something but, that potentially a blockbuster could come out of, you know? Yeah, something special could come out of. I mean, or yeah. it's something that yeah. at the and very least is memorable and that you can build the blockbusters on top of because you can still like please the fans or whoever else with this really far out thing. And, and like I said, just just build the money makers on top of it. 
And it's just, it's the way you innovate. I mean, it literally is yeah. necessity being the mother of all invention. If you give these people limited resources and say, hey, you know, go at it, you know, they're going to come up with new and interesting ways to do things. And maybe even what they produce isn't going to be of great value, but potentially some of the processes or technology they come up with and producing those things could be of value to the greater studio. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I, I think that that's a, that's a brilliant idea. Uh, so, well, let me ask you though, like straightforward. I mean, do you think that they should cancel, you know, the, the Ryan Johnson trilogy, should they back off? What do you think they should do with that? I think if they were going to put anything on indefinite hold, that should be the one, yep. you know? Yeah, no, I agree with that. I, I, I mean, I mean, and, and, and we talked before about this, about, you know, the, the sort of the backlash against the last Jedi and how I, you know, we kind of think a lot of these people are sort of, uh, puffing themselves up to look like they have greater numbers they do. And and the another thing we found out about the uh the the solo uh or the thing with uh Kelly Marie Tran is uh so apparently some of the people who organized this were part of that um uh give us legends group. Oh are yeah. still pissed off about you know them canceling the the legends continuity. Right. And so these people just won't let go. And I can understand it to a certain degree, but they're just they're they're really just being kind of really negative and nasty about it. These were the same people that, you know, were like going out to theaters when The Force Awakens came out and they were intentionally spoiling the movie, you know, that Han Solo dies. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I mean, I can I can sympathize with them to some degree as well, like wanting that because, you know, I invested a ton of time in the EU. Right. Right. At the same time, like I, I'm not going to kid myself and think that like I have any sway on Bob Iger's decision making. Right, and here again, uh, these people they're 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 not a big group. They're 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 a very small but coordinated group of people that you know just like they have a specific goal in mind. And fortunately, they the way that they see themselves achieving that is by tearing down the Disney canon. Yeah. Yeah, which is crazy because great stuff's happening. I mean, we got Filoni there, folks. Right. Let him do his shit. Right. I mean, man. Well, you well, know, I, the, the funny thing is, is you know, I've, I've come across a couple of these people and they haven't even like watched the Clone Wars. And that's not I mean, that's part of the, the Disney canon, but that was all George. Yeah, that was and part of refused, the EU. They refuse to watch it. They still think it's just like a purely a kid show. And I'm like, oh, no, you're no. missing out. You don't know what you're talking about. Yeah, that was Star Wars on literally the grandest scale ever made. I mean, yeah, really. Yeah. I mean, it's still like probably one of the most epic stories in all of Star Wars is that whole, you know, following Anakin and Ahsoka. Right. And, at, you know, leading into Rebels, too. Because, I mean, yeah. really, that is kind of like a cohesive story. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so, all right, well, let's switch it up just a little bit. And let's talk a little bit about rumors that, oh, Kathleen Kennedy is going to get ousted because of all the stuff that we've been talking about, even yeah. though half of it's bullshit. Um I mean, what, what, what do you think about this? Like, I mean, do you think this is happening? Are they bringing no, in uh, Feige? What's, what's happening? No, I think it's, it's, it's just more FUD. Uh -huh. uh, and, and for all the reasons that we were talking about earlier. Um, and, and the funny thing is, is like uh, people started picking this up and taking it as gospel truth. And they started, you know, prematurely, uh, you know, uh, cheering and, and celebrating. And here we are. I mean, this came out earlier in the month that this right. rumor came out and here we are, we're at the end of the month and nothing's happened and nothing's going to happen. Yeah. This is, this is one of the, one of the things where 
So, I mean, we do, we do the star Wars update because there's, there is this, there is news to talk about, no doubt about it, you know, with star Wars, even just the official stuff that comes out from Lucasfilm, we could talk about once a month, certainly, but you know, we've, there's an entire industry now around star Wars news. Right. right? Um, and you kind of have to have news to talk about every week or yeah. every day. Like if yeah. you're start, whatever, making star Wars.com or one of those. Fuck Absolutely. Star Wars I mean, if you want to talk about uh, a conspiracy of people, you know, drumming up news yeah. To, yeah. to, to create, you know, business for themselves, it's, it's the industry surrounding star Wars and not literally star Wars itself. Yeah, this has been a problem for me for a while. Uh, and yeah, The Last too. Jedi really drove a lot of that home for me, yeah. is that the industry yeah. around Star Wars is a problem. Well, I started noticing it before that, too. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, I got to it like I like the uh, we were talking about Collider earlier. And yeah. during the, the early their first year of doing Collider Jedi Council, I watched every episode. And after a while, you know, I just started it, it started stinking a little for me. And I'm like. Uh, there's something not cool going on here. Right. And people are, you know, they're they, like, in the, and they were like one of the biggest proponents behind pushing this, this uh, theory that uh, Snoke was Plagueis. Yeah. I remember they were, they were the biggest advocates of that and they just kept pushing it and pushing it and pushing it. And it literally drove some people into a frenzy about it. And so when, you know, finally it comes around time and the movie comes out, well, people are disappointed because they didn't get what they expected because these right. people that have like really no insider knowledge whatsoever have been pumping the story just for their own notoriety. Yeah. I, I mean, so real quick, <laughs> I don't want to add to it. Like I, I know some people are saying like, there's still a chance, you know, that, oh. that, Snoke is Plagueis. Like yeah. if, if Snoke comes back in nine, which I mean, again, there's no plan. So there's always still a chance, right? Because since they don't yeah. have a, a, a unified vision on things, but regardless, no, I mean, your point is still sound. Uh, and, and yeah, that's something that we really got to pay attention to is that a lot of this stuff. Yeah. It's FUD. I mean, it, it's, it's news for news sake, you know, yeah. it's not well, actually, and, and it doesn't even have to be FUD. Cause I mean, like I don't really consider the whole Plagueis thing. FUD is just sure. that, you know, they caught on to this popular idea uh, that was being whispered about in the fandom and mm-hmm. just really started hyping the fuck out of it, whereas to, people weren't able to manage their expectations anymore. Yeah. And that yeah. hurt the franchise. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I know I was pissed off because, like, I was not buying into it, but, like, I was like, okay, well, you know, the arguments, all right, yeah, sure, sure, sure. But, I mean, once you realize that there's no there's no uni- unifying vision going on right now which does need to happen yeah. um you know the, then then you you're just like okay there's there's literally no point to predicting jack shit you know unless right. it's something to do within like feloni's show who that's really i mean this is the thing so yeah i don't think kathleen kennedy's going anywhere at least she's not going anywhere until dave feloni is maybe like 60 or something and he's right. just gonna run everything well i mean i've said it before that guy's the heir to the empire yep and whether or not he takes over the company or not, I, I don't care. I mean, he's he is the uh, premier creative force in Lucasfilm right now, as right. far as I'm concerned. Right. Because if and, you wanted, like, yeah, that's the other thing to do. If you wanted a unified vision for Star Wars, put it in his hands. Yeah. At the very least, get him in every pitch meeting. Get right. him in every every decision. I mean, like, he needs to be... You know, he needs to be on the left hand like Lucifer to God, you know, right. and God being Kathleen Kennedy, you know, <laughs> right. I mean, that's 
calling the shots here and ready to rebel if needed, I suppose. Right. Too. Right. Um, so yeah, I, I mean, that's, yeah, that's really what I, I mean, yeah, you know, because people are talking about, well, they're going to bring in Feige, they're going to, you know, whatever Bob, Bob Iger's actually calling stuff, which there might be some truth to well, that. I one. think Bob, Bob Iger's been calling stuff for quite a while now. Sure. I mean, I think yeah. that's part of the problem, to be honest with you. Yeah, but, you know, I think, I mean, any, here's the thing, unless you're going to tell me that Filoni is taking over, like, I don't, I don't even really want Kathleen Kennedy to go anywhere. I mean, she's yeah, no. obviously... I think there's been more good decisions made than bad. Like to, to sit down and listen to John Knoll talk about a one-liner, you know, right. and, and end up making Rogue One. Well, that right. was that was a brilliant move on her part and a complete leap of faith that I think totally paid off and was well done right. um, you know, for what it is. And so, yeah, I mean, unless you're going to give me some other kind of name of what's happening, I say I call bullshit and I don't even want it. Yeah. I mean, the, the only thing that, that really I've, I've, uh, take an issue with, with her. And I didn't, can't even really directly lay this on her feet here again. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of it's Bob Iger, but the, the, just kind of the mess they've made with the directors, you know, yeah. Firing people right and left and, and switching things out and stuff like that. I mean, like, you know, do, do, you know, do your due diligence and, 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 you know, know that these people have what you're envisioning for star Wars you know, solidly in their hearts and minds. Right. And then commit to it. Yeah. Uh, here again, I think, I think this is, a, I don't think this is Kathleen Kennedy. I think it's, I, I really do think it's Bob Iger because a lot of the stuff I read, I mean, he, he, he sounds like a micromanager. Yeah. 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 And I think, I think star Wars is suffering from micromanagement. I think I, I, it, sounds, it seems pretty clear that, you know, uh, Feige has his territory over there with, with Marvel and, and, Bob Iger's probably too afraid with him to mess with it. Yeah. Otherwise he's going to jinx it, but he got involved with star Wars right off the bat from the very beginning. And he's been in there with his hands and feet, you know, knee deep in it since the start. Sure. I mean, well, you know, we're talking about a $4 billion deal and a whole shit ton of stock options. Right. I mean, right. So... Well, I think they just came out recently. They've made back like half of what they, uh, uh, paid Lucas. for, Lucas. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, they haven't even recouped their investment on that yet. Yeah. So, so I can really, imagine. Yeah. So, I mean, like, he, I mean, he really needs to step back and, and think about the long game and whether or not, you know, uh, kind of hovering over the, 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 stu- the Lucasfilm with, with the, you know, uh, seeing eyeglass is really such a good idea as whether or not that's really healthy for the, uh, the entire franchise. Yeah. Because it's the flukes that really do well. Like, honestly, I think, you know, speaking of the Marvel movies, which you just have to compare it to because it's in-house, um, the the Marvel movies, like the really great ones have been actually, in my opinion, Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah. Now, the brilliant thing has been that Feige has pretty much told James Gunn, I'm hands off. You go ahead and have a good time. Right. You know, and they become like just like the most popular movies and they let James Gunn just run wild. Right. You know, uh, and so, yeah, I think. Iger would do well to just back the fuck off right. and let. But here, here again, I think that had a lot to do with with uh, Feige uh, being a better judge of talent. Yeah, sure. Than sure. Iger, you know. I mean, yeah. I, 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 and I don't know that uh, whether or not Kathleen Kennedy is a good or bad judge of talent, because uh, I don't know whether or not she's been making these decisions so far as, as picking the directors. But um, you know, 
they they really need to 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 get it down solid so far as you know who they try to bring into this. And I I, I honestly do think you know, letting Colin Trevor go was a big mistake. Yeah, agreed. Um, and honestly, I you know now that I think about it, I'd love for them to bring in James Gunn. Like like let let him go oh, nuts. Oh yeah, because uh, that that well, guy's I mean, brilliant. It's 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 obvious that Star Wars is a big influence on those movies too. Oh sure. Oh, all the way. Yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah. The dynamic I mean, style, everything. The crew, yeah, just yeah. it's it's all there. It's it's obviously got more of a comedic element to it, but I mean, at, at its core, I mean, you could just you know plop those characters into the Star Wars universe, and the story would work just fine. Yeah, yeah. I mean, those, I think those, I feel those movies are so unique. Um, they they stand apart from. I mean, I know now they're in like the Avengers and everything, but yeah, they, they stand apart from the rest of the Marvel universe. You can totally enjoy Guardians of the Galaxy without watching a single other Marvel film, right? And it, and it's beautiful and it works and they're they're just awesome. Um, so okay, well th- there we go. Kathleen Kennedy, I don't think yeah, we don't think she's going anywhere. Um, and, yeah. and there's no real reason. If anything, just have Bob Iger step the fuck off if that's actually what's going on there. Um, you know, real quick. This is this news just came out today. Uh, how do you feel about? And I mean, this is Lucasfilm related, anyway. How do you feel about with uh, Indiana Jones Five? They said uh, John Kasdan's going to be coming in to do the writing. How I do you feel about that. that? I didn't hear about that. Yeah, uh, I'm kind of. Let's let's see what happens. I mean, I, I I think I said in the last episode of the Star Wars update that I I don't necessarily think um, John Kasdan is is the best writer in the world that like a lot of people seem to think, I think he writes great characters and he writes great character stories, but so far as like a, uh, plotting out a, a, you know, uh, coherent story. mm, Yeah. I mean, and Danny Lawrence isn't going to be there, so I don't know. Uh, or at least that's the rule right now. So yeah. We're going to be involved still. I, that I don't know either. I'm not sure. It sounds like they're just handing it all over to John Kasdan, which, yeah, you know, I I mean, like, Go ahead. Really, really, that like back in the back in the days in the eighties, uh, that was a great matchup between Lucas and Kasdan because Lucas had his strengths in uh, great stories, and Kasdan, mm. you know, propped Lucas up in the characters. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. I mean, you can you can easily argue, and I, I know you've mentioned this before. You have issues with with uh, A New Hope, but I mean, the weak point of that movie is is the the characterization. Yeah. And and when they brought in uh, Kasdan and, and, and of course, you know, with with uh, um, uh, Empire Strikes Back, we have to, uh, you know, also take a late bracket. Late bracket. Exactly. I was going to say. Uh, so, I mean, uh, you know, the, those three people, I think, was just like a perfect storm for that movie. And, sure. and here again, like, you know, like with it seems like they keep trying to go back to Kasdan trying to bottle lightning again. And I'm just sort of like, yeah, maybe, but I'm kind of skeptical as to whether or not you can pull it off. Yeah, I don't know. Um, we'll 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 see what happens. Uh, you know, with with Indy Five, um, I Kingdom of the Crystal Skull is still in my head, and I don't want it to be. I've only ever seen yeah. it once, but it's the most memorable Indiana Jones movie to me, and and not really movie, obviously. I uh, see it to me. It's my Highlander too. I just whoa. <laughs> I love the Renegade version of Highlander too. It's okay. <laughs> but, but I mean, anyway, no, um, yeah, I mean, Kingdom of the Crystal Skull is just, it's so bad. Uh, yeah, that, it really is. Yeah, yeah, but you know, I, I get the Highlander 2 joke like that. It's just not canon, right? Right. <laughs> we'll yeah. just pretend that didn't happen. Um, but 
uh yeah anyway so i thought that was interesting news so we'll see what johnny can do um you know as far as that goes but um all right why don't we let's let's uh let's get out of the stories segment of this um we're probably not going to get i don't think we're going to get into the comic books again this month um, but that's okay because there's major story arcs that are coming to an end i think in the next month so yeah so we can we can have like a good broad talk about them um, but well, first thing we'll get into is the, uh, the fan production of the month that we do every month on the star Wars update. And then we're going to get into a new segment that I started, I think last month, which is uh, the question of the month. And I think we've got a doozy. We got a fun one. Um, but the fan production of the month is related to one from a couple months ago, which, uh, I had said was going to be coming out. Um, and that is the next, uh, album from metal band galactic empire. Uh, and what they did in their first album, which was just a self-titled Galactic Empire, uh, they, you know, they, they take your classic Star Wars themes, you know, all the tracks that you have on your soundtracks and everything. And uh, they, they, you know, they metalize it. They put it to metal. They break out the guitar, you know, the whole thing. And the first album, Robin and I both agreed, holy shit, this was awesome. You yeah. know, like it was just brilliantly done. Um, and now episode two, did you get the chance to listen to this, Robin, or no? Unfortunately, no. I mean, I'm, I'm looking forward to getting my hands on it, but I haven't gotten it yet. Sure. Yeah. So, um, so I did pick this up. Uh, this came out the beginning of May, actually, I think it came out on force day, it came out on May 4th. Um, and it's good. Like, in fact, it has, uh, it has, um, uh, love pledge in the arena on it. So, you know, it has the love theme, even though I mm-hmm. think it was already kind of part of the, the initial album. Um, I, it's not as solid as the first one. And I was disappointed that they didn't do Luke and Leia, which is the track that I was really wanting uh, from their first album. But this is still totally enjoyable. Lots of fun. Uh, best, probably the best track on there is, uh, what is it? How do you pronounce that? Scherzo <laughs> for, for X-Wings, which is from, uh, I think that's from The Force Awakens. Um, and that that that's a really cool and it it opens up with march of the resistance as well which of course is very similar okay. to the trade federation theme right um but uh but those those are those two openers are really solid but then after that i mean it works and i listened to it a lot but it, it didn't strike me as hard as as the first album but i still mm. think it's well worth listening to it's well worth having in a collection um and and just rocking out to every once in a while it just it it doesn't feel as it doesn't have as much punch and maybe it's because they had to go for like some of the not so bigger tracks um, from the star Wars, uh, you know, uh, uh, thematic history that, that it, yeah, again, it just doesn't have that same punch, but I, I did enjoy the hell out of it still. Like I, I still thought it was a lot of fun to go through. I've worked out to it. I mean, and that's, you know, that's my metric for a lot of things. Can I work out to it over and over again? If I can, <laughs> all right, that's pretty good. So, uh, so I, I, I liked it. Uh, the other standout track is the emperor from return of the Jedi. Uh, oh, that they cool. do a metal version of that. And that sounds really, that, that sounds properly evil. I'll put it that way. Nice. Uh, that's always been one of my favorite tracks from star Wars history for a while anyway, which is like in the emperor's throne room and return of the Jedi. Uh, so yeah, I, 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 I really dug it. Uh, you're definitely going to want to check it out, Robin. Yeah. Absolutely. So, uh, yeah. Yeah. So there's a link in the show notes if people want to get their hands on it. Um, and you know, you can click through that. And of course that's through the stuff.sexandsciencehour.com link, which that show, we just restarted that for season six. Um, so woo, yeah, hell yeah, baby. Uh, so, so definitely pick that up. Uh, if you, if you want to, it's a, again, like I said, it's a good time to listen to. So, all right. Do you want to get into our question of the month? Absolutely. All right, let's do this. And, and I'll, I'll, I'll let you, I'll let you start it off if you want. Um, sure. 
the question is <laughs> the best old EU book. Now, I think we were, <laughs> EU, of course, you know, just, just to explain quick for people, I'm sure if you're listening to Star Wars Update, you already know this, but the EU is, is short for Expanded Universe, which it really started or I think became like a thing when uh, Heir to the Empire came out by Timothy Zahn back in the early 90s, the novel that that like really saved Star Wars at the time, in my opinion. Right. Um, and, the, you know, then you had like all these other novels and then Dark Horse came out with Dark Empire, the, the comic book uh, Dark Empire and all that. And this created the expanded universe because at the time we didn't think we were going to get any more movies. And even after the prequels came out, we still had all of this was all all of these books that came out, the Thrawn trilogy, the Jedi Academy trilogy, the Black Fleet crisis. You go down the list of them. Uh, we're all considered canon, even though we were getting new movies and also we were getting the Clone Wars and other things. So the ex expanded universe was really, really serious. And this is the thing that that when Disney bought Lucasfilm, you know, and bought Star Wars in 2013, that they completely rebooted. They said, all right, we're going to forget the EU. The only things that are going to count are the, uh, you know, are, are the um, the TV shows and and the movies. And that's it. And everything else, we're going to start a new, really cohesive canon. So, but the expanded universe, and part of the reason I think a lot of people were disappointed that Disney did that, there were some real shining moments in the expanded universe. Uh, now, I specifically said book, and so I want to go for novels. So I don't know if any of your answers were comic books, Robin, but we could save that for another time because I think sure. that's a whole yeah. other conversation. Yeah. Uh, I mean, no, we could, we could, I mean, it might be hard to narrow it down to a book. Yeah. <laughs> 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 even if it has to be a trilogy or, or I yeah, mean, whatever, whatever. Yeah. We, well we, i mean we... yeah, i think you know where i'm going with this i mean like sure. uh really i mean nothing beats the Thrawn trilogy I, yeah you know i mean just not only in terms of storytelling but just the impact that it had like you said it it pretty much saved the uh the star wars franchise at the time now i mean like for me personally star Wars still alive through the uh the west end games uh right role-playing game uh, and that was yeah. a huge deal to me even before uh you know the the eu got its start but i mean and like you one could argue that west end really started the eu yes because uh those were the source books that they gave the authors for uh to timothy zahn and uh uh who was it who did dark empire um oh but, uh, begins with a v i i yeah, shit. Tom Beach. I yeah Tom Tom Beach. Beach. that's yeah, it yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> so they, they they both drew from that material so far as you know kind of like the uh the the technical and just the the atmosphere and feel of the universe sure beyond the movies and uh but you know like yeah just like they uh the 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 Thrawn trilogy just it just exploded in your mind yeah, it was just so brilliant, and and um, I have a feeling I know what yours is, and it's definitely a great one. <laughs> I kind of got one book. I, I yeah. can, yeah, and and I think most people that have listened to me over the years will know what I am going to pick. Yeah, and, but, and that's it's definitely up there for me. Um, yeah, you know, and and I know also we uh, you know we talked about this uh, uh, earlier was the 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 Darth Bane books. Uh, right, those to me are the other highlight of the series. Um. And, you know, the other books that, that Timothy Zahn did that weren't the Thrawn trilogy, but they had that uh, Thrawn duology. Yeah, the Hand of Thrawn. The Hand of Thrawn. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he also did other. Past and Vision right, of the Future. He, yeah, and they expanded upon, like, stuff that was talked about in the Thrawn trilogy. Like, he wrote the book Outbound Flight. Right, right. Um, a bunch which of even tied things. into episode one, which I thought was brilliant at the time. Yes, um, yeah. 
Nice retconning. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, I, I mean, and, and a lot of people don't realize, you know, with the Thrawn trilogy, like, that set a lot of rules. Like, I, I right. you know, because I think a lot of people would get into the EU at the time, and they'd say, well, you know, why isn't the ghost of Obi-Wan around, or the ghost of Yoda, or all these other people? Um, and it's because in the Thrawn trilogy, in the, like, really, in the very first in Heir to the Empire. Yeah, uh, that was, like, makes, one of the early chapters. Yeah, like, Obi-Wan appears one last time and says, oh, yeah, we, we're passing on. We're going right. elsewhere. You know, right. and we're not going to show up again. Um, of course, now, you know, in the new EU or in the new canon, um, like with The Last Jedi, obviously you get Yoda, you know, 30 some odd years later. Um, but that would not be so in the old EU. So, right. yeah, right. but there are a lot of a lot of little rules laid down in um, including some different explanations in a way of what the Clone Wars could have been and what it could have meant. Yeah. Um, yeah you know, we, we have to have a discussion about that sometime because there's a whole sort of universe out there that doesn't really exist anymore but it was an alternate vision of the clone wars are you talking about what mattel had or was it mattel? that's part of it certainly that's yeah. certainly part of it yeah agreed and in fact this is something i would love to see somebody pick up the ball and run with was right? that mattel what did they call that line uh, they were planning a toy line in 85 right i can't think of the name of it um but anyway, they, they planned this entire Star Wars. I mean, and they went pretty far. There was some some prototypes and everything done where there was going to be this entire storyline. It's after Return of the Jedi. The Clone Wars are going to heat back up. Tarkin is still alive, which I thought that was cool. Uh, right. and, and a whole bunch of other stuff. They were and they were going to effectively this toy line was going to allow it was going to be a bit of a hybrid between like a role playing game that you could do yourself, but it was going to give yeah, you the, it, the sandbox to create your own stories. After right. It definitely had sort of this, um, 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 you know, uh, participatory, you know, element to it. Yeah. It or, feels like the FPAA living force campaigns or something. Yeah. I mean, like, right. It really right. felt like that. Exactly. Yep. Yeah. So that was a thing. And, and that was based upon some differing concepts of what the clone wars was. Right. Um, which also were a major part of, uh, you know, of, uh, of the Thrawn trilogy with the character of uh, Jorah Saboth. Right, right. It's, well, yeah. the, I mean, like, clones were a huge part of, you know, those novels, especially the last one, The, the Last Command. Yeah, Lots because of you, clones show up in that. Including one and, of Luke. <laughs> yeah, right. Luke, and I even remember, well, even the book before that, uh, The Dark Force Rising, it was like, it was, uh, it was a huge shocker to find out that, you know, where's the Empire getting all these stormtroopers from? Oh, right. they've been cloning them. Right, yes. Yeah, a lot of these ideas, which would end up changing, like even from the prequels onward, not necessarily something that Disney did. Um, so, yeah, Star Wars, the epic continues. Yeah, that's it. The epic. Yeah. I do. I was going to say the word continues is in there. But, yeah. Mm -hmm. But people, I'll actually, it was in might have been the first or second issue of the Sovereign Tech newsletter. I shared a mini documentary about that, and it is just the most amazing thing in my mind. Yeah just went on fire when they when they started talking about it. it's like oh, i think i sent I that to you is, didn't i i th what i think you sent it to me yeah 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 but all i could think of when i saw that was like oh fucking a i want to write this right <laughs> like, like i want to do that <laughs> that is great <laughs> but uh you know anyway so but that that wasn't even necessarily part of the old eu but it could have been a progenitor to it certainly yeah yeah um, well and 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 like i say we'll talk about this another time but i mean like um, during what they called the, the dark times in Star Wars, there was right. a really healthy uh, uh, fan fiction community. 
and some of the stuff in there was really top quality and they had different ideas about the clone wars and a lot of them were based off of you know stuff that george had said in articles or that had you know sort of seeped out uh, right. uh and they were just taking elements and ideas and incorporating and just uh, it was, you know there was there was some really interesting stuff out there yeah no i agree i agree completely um and i think your choice of uh of the um Thrawn trilogy is i mean that like that that's easily the the easy pick and a right one you know yeah i mean i and and, and that, i kind of struggled with that it's like oh this is this is the easy pick but i mean it's really truly where my heart is is sure yeah absolutely um and i mean and Thrawn is you know has been for a long time probably next to princess leia probably my favorite character uh, or i mean even beyond princess leia now but yeah. you know my favorite character in star wars history uh because yeah. he's he's sherlock holmes in space yeah same here i mean up until uh ahsoka he was my favorite character too sure right on yeah um so any any other standouts you know like I said, uh, uh, the the Darth Bane books yep. were really yeah, good. Rule of two um, were great. Yeah, yeah. Um, um, some of the X Wing books were were pretty good. Um, yeah. Oh yeah, especially that initial run. Uh, yeah, pretty much up until they went to Wraith Squadron. That that, right. that was a really cool series. You're right, right. about that. Yeah. Right. Um, actually, some of the um, the uh, the Han Solo Stars End or even Splinter of the Mind's Eye. I mean, those were those those kind of get left out when you're talking about the star Wars EU, because that was really before, um, uh, Pre -Thrawn. Uh, Thrawn trilogy yeah. and Thrawn trilogy is generally accepted to be the beginning of the EU, but yeah. they did later on, you know, kind of work those into Canon. Yes. To the EU Canon. Um, yeah. and, and, and those were, those were good in the Lando books too. Those were all you know, well-written, decent books. Yeah, no, I, I agree. Um, I, I agree with that completely. And, I will. So my pick, I, I guess we do. If, we, if you're ready to get into that. Um, in fact, you know what? I'll let you call it. Cause I know, you know what it is, even though yeah, shadows of the empire. I mean, right. <laughs> <laughs> this was, I mean, people got to understand like, and I, I totally, totally agree with you on everything you said about the Thrawn trilogy. And, and I I've said it many times myself, you know, that's what saved star Wars. That's what brought it back into the popular mindset. That's when you started getting Boba Fett t-shirts in stores again. I mean, like it was a really, it's a yeah. really big deal. Yeah. Bigger, well, I think it's a bigger deal than the prequels. Go ahead. Yeah. Well, I mean, it really, launched the the merchandising because they came out with new star wars action right. figures and yep. all this other stuff i mean you know and this was all way before the special editions and, yeah. and the new uh the prequel trilogy so i mean i think in a lot of ways you know it made it possible the eu made that later stuff in star wars possible certainly yeah no i agree i agree so you know, no argument me from me on any of that. But here's the thing is that we didn't at the time, you know, we're talking this fluctuating time in the 90s here where it's not the dark times, but, you know, Star Wars is coming back and everything. But, you know, we don't know what we're going to get. And we don't exactly even though there was the interview, I think, that he did with Leonard Malton for the last series or the last time that um, the original trilogy as the original trilogy and not special editions. Oh, right. Yeah. Uh, he, where, where he mentioned that there is like a prequel trilogy you know, and right. that, that he might've like been working on. He mentions the special edition in these, in these opening um, interviews of Leonard Malton, which I've watched over and over again, because at the time you didn't have YouTube. So you just rewatched uh, these, these funny things, at the beginning of VHS tapes. Mm -hmm. So, but r regardless of that, we didn't know if we were going to get movies, you know, I mean, right. like we had no idea if that was going to happen. The next best thing that we got was this, not just a book, 
but even the book alone, I, I still think I, I give it a, I still think it's enjoyable uh, for a lot of reasons, but you get this multimedia event, which is shadows yeah, of the empire. Yeah. It's a video I, I, game art book. Uh, it's everything except for a movie, even a soundtrack right. you know, by Joel McNeely. Uh, right. The whole thing. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think, I, I think that book, that transmedia event was the first like truly successful test model for that kind of, you know, sort of marketing and, and way to do a story. I mean, right. really it, it defined what transmedia is. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, and it, it was, it was just amazing how much of it there was, because again, it was just, it was literally everything except the film. They did it all. There was the toy line. Yep. There was the, I mean, the making books, they even did a making book. I mean, it, it was, it was crazy, you know, how much they pushed this. And it was a really interesting idea uh, to run with. But yeah, they the had novel, the comic books too. Right. They had the comic book and a sequel comic book series. Yep. It was the empire evolution, but the book itself was still genuinely great in my opinion by Steve Perry. Uh, not the lead singer from uh, journey, but, um, <laughs> but it was a great, I mean, it was a short book. I remember I read it well inside of maybe a day. I mean, it, like it was a super short book uh, and the writing might not have been the best, but what was so incredible about it was you got Darth Vader again. Mm-hmm. And I mean, that was something that was huge, but you were getting all of these characters in this magical time between the empire strikes back and Return of the Jedi. And I think one of the proofs of its strengths uh, of its strength and, and its, its power as a story was that, yeah, I mean, you know, in the comic book, they might've dealt with it a little bit, but there was no mention of Han Solo. Yeah. You know, you, you didn't get that at all. I mean, you had kind of a placeholder with Dash Rendar, but he wasn't so much of a big deal in, in the novelization of it. Um, and I'm trying to kind of keep this to the novelization in a way. Um, but it's the story did so well, people really loved it. And there was no Han Solo, which some people would argue right. that, um, that, you know, the problem with, or for a lot of people, I remember back in the day with the prequels is that, well, Hey, wait, where's the scoundrel? We need a scoundrel character. We're not getting one. So, um, so I, I thought that that, and, and the other but thing, the other, go ahead. You, you mentioned Darth Vader too. And like the, like the great part of that was not only did they bring Darth Vader back, but they created a foil for him that wasn't, part of the traditional cast of the star Wars rebel characters, right? And, uh, Prince Caesar. Yes. It's just like, that was brilliant. I'm still waiting for that character to come into the new Canon. Um, because I thought he was a great character, yeah. uh, and in a very sexy character, uh, like this, you know, he could engage in a, a degree of mind control with these pheromones right. and everything. He's seducing right. princess Leia, which I thought was right. so fucking hot as a teenager. I still think it's hot. Um, I mean, there's, it's questionable, you know, and, and actually <laughs> had conversations around this moment, <laughs> like, wait a minute. So, so like if a species, so Prince Shizor is, is this, or however they, they ever wanted to pronounce it. Um, he, he, uh, he's, he's what's called a faline, which those are canon because they're in the, right. Wars. Yeah. Okay. But he's well, this I mean, lizard. Filoni bought them back in the clone wars too. Exactly. Yeah. Right. So, um, so this, this, this lizard humanoid species called the Faline, they have this ability to where they can, you know, project or, you know, they can, they can emit pheromones that, um, you know, make the often female members of other species makes their minds very cloudy, you know, and uh, open to suggestion as it were. And so, you know, there's a point where he's using this to really, in a very real sense, mind control Princess Leia in a way. Um, but like the, the ethical argument is, is like, wait a minute but he's just doing what he naturally does when he, you know, wants to have sex or something. Right. Like, is that 
somehow unethical to use pheromones that his body produces. And I mean, it, it's it, anyway, it's an argument that that or not an argument. It's a fun argument. Well, I'll um, tell you what, what would make it even more fun is if they did sure. decide to uh, bring that character back and they yeah. gender flipped it. I oh, think it would be brilliant. I would love that. Or just have another failing. That's fine, too. Yeah. But, uh, no, however they yeah. want to do it. Right. But yeah. I mean, yeah, it doesn't necessarily have to be Zizor, but I mean, like, yeah, bring in a female Fawlene that, you know, come in and, 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 you know, successfully seduces Luke Skywalker or Han Solo or whoever, you know, that would be pretty awesome. I'm down yeah. for that. Yeah. Yeah. So, so you had that, I mean, you had the sexy elements, which was rare and almost unheard of in Star right. Wars at the time. Right. Um, I mean, and you also had not just what the Fawlene could do, but she had Guri, who was this uh, human replica droid that looked like a woman, beautiful right. woman. And, and Prince Shizor says right in Shadows of the Empire that she will join him in the bathtub and they'll have the time, you know, and it, I just love that. I thought that was so sexy. Uh, and it was really up until maybe Lost Stars, it might have been the sexiest Star Wars book well, or the most sex filled. What was sexy about that, too, is, is like she was immune to his pheromones. Right. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I mean, again, you know, she was a droid and you know, right. one could argue how programmed she was, but yeah, you do find certainly. out later on that she had her own free will. So exactly. Yeah. Um, yeah. So shadows of the empire, like there's just, there's really before or since there hasn't been anything quite like it. And it was such a special moment to, again, to get a story between empire strikes back and return of the Jedi, which is rarely even done in the new canon. Um, yeah. Well, they tried mine, to do that. Um, what was it? Heir to the Jedi. And it just really was not that good of a book. Yeah, that didn't work, and they they did it because there's the Princess Leia, not young adult, but like young person book. Oh right, um, yeah. Moving target. Claudia Gray. What is it? The, the, the you're talking about the one written by Claudia Gray, or no, um, no, no. This is a different one. It's uh, it's okay. like it's called like Moving Target or something, but it, it's it's oh, pretty yeah, much I the mission of how one. they got um, Shuttle Tidarian. That's that's okay. what you find out in the book. Okay, I haven't read that one. Yeah, there's like four of them that they did at yeah, the same time. Yeah. 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 So. Anyway, but that that was for a while. That was the only thing we got in between those, uh, you know, in between that that moment of uh, Star Wars history. So, yeah, right. Shadows of the Empire really, you know, stands tall for me. Um, outside of that, uh, I think that, and in fact, it's kind of sad, you know, because, well, A.C. Crispin, uh, she wrote a trilogy, a Han Solo trilogy, not the one by Brian Daly that you right. mentioned earlier, Robin, but right. she, uh, yeah, she wrote... Um, a Han Solo trilogy that did give him an origin story. And honestly, they were great. It, it was a tremendous book series. Uh, I think it's the Hutt's Gambit is the first one. Mm -hmm. And um, like everything, I mean, you get, you get the, the encounter with Boba Fett, you get stuff with Lando. I mean, you get all of it and there's a love story in it. The whole oh, thing. Yeah. It's tremendous. Trying, um, um, uh, well, they had some other books too. I, I don't think they were by the same author. Um, uh it was it was uh, like they had tales from the the Moss Eisley Cantina and oh, Bounty Hunter or something. Yeah, in fact, I think they were written by uh, K.W. Jetter, who did like the uh, the Blade Runner sequels. Yeah, now K.W. That's K.W. is a hell of a guy. So yeah, I, I've actually I've I've had dinner with that man. Oh really? <laughs> that, yeah, that's, that's yeah. A, boy, stories. Um, yeah, K.W. Jeter has done stuff for. Uh, uh, you know, for Star Wars as well, but yeah, there there were those anthology books that were that were interesting at the time as well. Um, but yeah, that that Han Solo trilogy uh, by AC Crispin would would if Shadows of the Empire wasn't there, it easily topped my list because I mean, I I remember I couldn't I was in high school I could not stop reading it. It was so yeah. good. Um, 
And, but outside of that, there's, there's not a whole lot of like really great books. And the books yeah. started to yeah. build upon themselves. Not that I mind that, but you really couldn't enjoy them as, as standalone uh, adventures um, anymore, except for one. There was a book that came out pretty late in the canon call or in the EU called The Adventures of Luke Skywalker. It actually had a much longer name. It was The Adventures of Luke Skywalker and something of Mata. Really, I thought that was uh, I thought that was part of the new canon. I don't think that one's part of the new canon. That was like okay. really, really late. But that was that was fun. Like if, if you enjoyed a new hope, it felt like that kind of story, you know, and right on the cover of it. I mean, you, you get the point because Luke's in his X-Wing outfit and everything. Um, and, and that, that was just an, an awesome, awesome time. Uh, though it's terrible that I can't remember the full name. It had a very weird title, but it was the adventures Luke Skywalker in something. Huh. Um, so anyway, but that's there, there's my picks, but yeah, shadows of the empire is, you know, another one of those obvious picks. And it was really, as I've said many times on past star Wars updates, it's the one book that I wish they would have said, okay, yeah, that's still Canon. Don't worry. You know, <laughs> because yeah, I mean, yeah, you know, that like there's, there's always hope that they're going to bring, uh, you know, if not the stories themselves, elements of those stories back. I mean, sure. Uh, we, and, and we know Filoni loves all the kind of stuff that we love. And yeah, he, I mean, he's and, always been the biggest proponent of the, the EU within Luke's film, as far as I'm concerned. Right. And certainly, you know, praise to him for bringing back, um, back Thrawn. I mean, we, yeah, we, right. For him. Um, so anyway, uh, yeah, there, there's my, there's my EU, uh, picks and, oh, you know, oh shit, you know what else is actually two, two, two quick more. Um, sure. the Kenobi book was really great. Yeah. That I was like, one that, yeah, that was like right before Disney bought it. That yeah. and Darth Plagueis, both of those. I was going to say that really too. Solid. Darth Plagueis. I did read, and that was a great one. Yeah. yeah. The, those are both awesome. Um, that, that, so that's, that's definitely one of those ones too, where I was like, if they were going to keep something, yeah. From, the, uh, from the EU, that would have been easily made it in. Because, I mean, yeah. it, 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 it's as far as I'm concerned, the story is still consistent with everything that's going on with Disney. Yeah, so far, I think so. I, I can't really I think of much. I can't think of anything that's contradicted it. No, it's right. Closely tied, it's more uh, closely tied to um, the Clone Wars and the prequels than anything else. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So I wouldn't mind it if that, if that actually happened, there's, there's a lot of other interesting stuff in, in the Darth Plagueis book um, that, that would have been fun to, well, that we could, that could be played off of now. Of course, yeah. like you said, they, they still could end up doing that. Uh, but James right. Lucino, I mean, has done, he's still writing for star Wars with, with yeah. Disney. Yeah. Tarkin was so, great. Yeah. Tarkin was an awesome novel, I mean, you know, way up there in, in my list. Uh, so Anyway, uh, yeah, so there's some some old EU picks if people really want to, you know, if they have some spare time with Star Wars, which I don't know how you do. Because <laughs> I consume everything and I just don't have the fucking, I mean, yeah, I barely it's hard to keep up. I mean, like, yeah. you know, like, I, and, and, and Brian reads more of it than I do. And I just like, kudos to you, man. Like, <laughs> some, someone's got to do it, damn it. Sometimes, yeah, exactly. Sometimes you take a bullet for the team. <laughs> yeah, I've taken a few too many with Disney at the helm. <laughs> It's pretty, it's pretty ugly. <laughs> it's like, even, the, even with the new books, like at least sometimes, oh, Dash Rendar's back. Great. You know, like they did that Coruscant Knights book and everything, but, yeah. uh, but no, I, you get no real surprises. Not, not with these lately. So anyway, um, 
yeah i think that i think that could wrap it up for yeah. our star wars update for june 2018 um i think well at the beginning of the show we talked about how we're feeling about star wars in general uh usually i like to end the show with that but uh but i think it was it was apropos to do it at the beginning this time around so i'm a, we'll definitely be talking about in july we'll be talking about the uh thrawn is i keep forgetting is it oh, alliances? alliances yeah alliances okay. yeah i want to say it's but yeah, Thrawn Alliances, um, that's going to be a huge part of our, of our July uh, review, I think. Mm-hmm. And uh, because, I mean, that's just, I mean, no doubt about it. That's probably the most exciting thing to come out for Star Wars in 2018. Yeah, uh, and they know absolutely. It. Yeah, they, they know this is a huge deal. So, um, and maybe we'll finally get into the comics. And I don't know, you don't expect there to be news, but then somehow there's other news that'll pop up. So we'll Right, yeah, there's something always going on, whether it's contrived or real. <laughs> Well, if we just get to call bullshit on stuff, I'm all I'm all for that. Yeah, so, yeah. I mean, somebody's got to debunk this shit. Damn right, damn right. Because Collider sure as fuck isn't. No, <laughs> so, they're part of the problem. Yeah, exactly. So anyway, Robin, thank you so much, man. Uh, as we always say, but I, I mean, I mean it. Uh, this is definitely you know one of the highlights of my month. Like, just yeah, me to, too. I, I uh, thank to you for it. having me on. I I can't thank you enough for bringing me along for the ride. Yeah, man. And we we got fun. We you know. Things are, are busy right now, but we've got some fun stuff planned for the future of the Star Wars update that we will get into. Um, and and a lot of that's on my end just because my schedule is so so nuts, even though I, I keep thinking it's like, oh, no, yeah, next month's going to be great. And then yeah, you, you oh, never have to fear for lack of content for the Star Wars update. Uh, yeah. You know, even, even if like there was absolutely zero Star Wars news in a month, which seems unlikely at this point. Right. We would still have plenty of things to talk. I mean, we'd have an over. We already have an overabundance of things to talk about. Yeah, yeah. You know, I will say quick. Like my best friend, you're, when I was in when I was a teenager. I mean, like we just spent all night talking about just theorizing, just talking yeah. about Star Wars. I mean, you could do that. You could have sleepless nights just talking about Star. Wars. You'd have them forever. I mean, he and I, we did that shit for fifteen years. Yeah, <laughs> and, yeah. So, yeah. I used to do that with my friend too. It's, right like, on. We'd have, we'd have sleepovers, and you yeah. Know, we'd, uh, play with Star Wars figures during the day and then talk Star Wars theory at night and, you know, <laughs> Star wake Wars up in the morning and do it all over again. <laughs> oh, it's the best time. So, yes, there's always stuff to talk about. Star Wars updates not going anywhere. Yeah. So, all right. Uh, again, Robin, thank you. And uh, everyone else, um, well, this will be one of the last episodes for June uh, on Patreon. Uh, usually is. So, but, uh, you know, you never know what's going to pop up. Um, on Patreon at any given day. So I will see all of you on the other side.